Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison, still on the floor of my flat. And here's Dave Cribb, who is on a chair. Correct. You just have to guess yeah. more details about the chair. Uh, swivel. Swivel. Colour. Yeah. Uh, black. Black. Very good. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. That's it. I can't think of anything else to ask you about it, because chairs don't have that much to sort of differentiate them, do they? But yeah, really well done. Um, really well done. Thank you. Oh, we're off, off, off and running today, aren't we? Off to a flyer. Uh, are you on your knees or on the on your bottom? <laughs> I'm sat on my bot on my bottom. I've not used the expression <laughs> on my bottom <laughs> since about 1996. I don't, I don't think I have either. I just when I came to say it, I thought, it, I thought after all the innuendo with knees in the past, I wanted to not make it like arse based innuendo as well. So I thought I'd make it. It's sort of basically nice and- the most. Um, PG of all the uh, terms for a bum, isn't it? I can remember once using the word bum as a child and my mum saying, Peter, we don't say bum, we say body. <laughs> and I can remember really? even at a very early age thinking, that feels overly prudish because uh, bum is pretty much fine, right? Bum is fine, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think you... No one's... Get, like, I can't imagine hearing a kid say bum and... If a parent shouted at a kid for saying bum, I'd be taken aback, you know? How do you think, like, a vicar or a nun would refer to a bottom, bum? Bottom. Do you reckon? 100% bottom, yeah. I don't think they'd say bum. Bum feels too informal for a nun. Or behind. Behind, you're behind. Backside. You're behind. You're backside. Backside's yeah. weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, or if you're American, fanny. Yeah. Never not funny. Um, good. Goodness me. That's a hell of a, an opening today, isn't it? Christ, what a tangent. I shouldn't use the term opening when talking about <laughs> uh shall we talk about friends megan says hi dave and pete i absolutely love the podcast uh, i want to request the one where monica and richard are just friends i think all of the plots are really fun and i really love joey reading little women it shows how sweet he is when he gets so invested in the marsh sisters uh everyone reacting to phoebe's new boyfriend coming out with shorts makes me laugh every time and even though monica and richard always end up being a bit sad i think it's really fun when tom Selleck comes back i agree 
with all of that. Mm, same. Um, season three, episode 13, production code 456265. Oh, that's quite nice. In oh, a way, quite like that. Yeah, that's good, that. Oh, no, no, I got it wrong. 465265. Oh. That's even better. Oh, still good. 465265. Yeah. Um, Monica's willpower is tested after running into Richard at the video store. The two decide to just be friends, but soon are more than that. Meanwhile, Joey agrees to read Little Women, while Rachel reads The Shining, and Phoebe's athletic new boyfriend <laughs> accidentally keeps exposing himself through his loose-fitting shorts. <laughs> I think this is a jackpot, you know? I think it's an absolute jackpot, this. I have quite a bit to say about his shorts. Um, but I'll I'd say, say weirdly, later. I've got the most notes about him and about that, that storyline, bizarrely, even though it's certainly the thought of the throwaway one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Considering that plot line is, basically, when you sum it up, just... Man's that, dick keeps falling out. Yeah, yeah, Phoebe's new boyfriend's yeah. scrotum is on display. That's it. That's all it is. Yeah. But there's loads to talk about. Anyway, let's... So I think, actually, weirdly, I'd like to start with... Maybe Monica and Richard. How do you yeah, feel about okay. that? Going okay. backwards or I'll tell you forwards? What, the, uh, the guy working at the video rental store is an absolute dick, isn't he? Well, I've got a lot to say about the video rental store. One, nice to see a video rental store. $3 to rent overnight, I thought, yeah. seemed quite cheap. But then I thought, well, it, you've, there's a lot of sort of physical effort involved in going to get in the in these Netflix times, particularly, yeah, a lot of physical effort involved in having to go and physically collect uh, a video. Such a palaver. Yeah, it is just faff. It's, it's it's no surprise that that got eradicated by modernization, is it? Well, do you remember the sort of middle ground of the video rental service where you get posted? Which- yeah, which was Netflix's original business model before it went online, yeah. where you would they would post you a DVD. And actually, thinking about it, it's almost as much faff to go to the post box as it is to the video rental store, isn't it? It's true, yeah. Like, that that seemed like a big advance, but now the idea of even just going out to the post box would just be enough to... I would be the sort of person that gets charged $6. Yes, you know? yeah, I think um, you'd, you'd rack up quite a bill. I would rack up such a bill just because if it was raining a bit or if I was a bit tired or if the dog was lying on me, I just wouldn't go that night. I'd go the next day. But I think I would have, I think Monica should have pushed harder for a discount on that, you know? 802, he was such a prick, wasn't he? Poor customer service, just not a very nice guy. Yeah, well, exactly. I'd have reported him to his superiors, actually, Pete. Um, did you ever have an adult section at the back of your video shop? Uh... I, I, do you know what? My, my honest answer to that is I don't know. Well, I'm sure we didn't. I do. Uh, renting porn, though. Renting porn feels... Absolutely astonishing. Um, I mean, I understand why you would rent rather than buy, because if you bought a VHS of some porn, then chances are you'd um, reuse it quite a lot. You, it's not, it's not if very, you were that limited. It's a, not a reusable format, is it, pornography, really? But if you rented, a, like, imagine it, right? You say about whether you can be asked to go out. Yeah. If you were so desperate to watch some porn, yeah, that you went out to the video rental shop and rented some porn, yeah, and got back and it wasn't quite to your taste. That's well, you've wasted a wank, haven't you? <laughs> Just open a new tab these days, don't you? But back then, that is a lot of. <laughs> That's a lot of effort, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, Christ. Do you think people had more sex back in the day because it was easier than obtaining pornography? Mm, maybe. There might be a stat there somewhere. It's not one that I'm very across, but I'm being But they had the old magazines as well, didn't they? Yeah, but again, you have to go out and get it, unless you get it on mail order, which feels just a whole level of, you know, strangeness, doesn't it? Anyway, like, this is not about pornography, this episode. I was just very, it was so prominent at the back. It was like drama, comedy, adult, and there's a big black curtain. And it was like, it was like the three big genres, you know? Do you want to laugh? Do you want something serious? Or do you want to wank? Have a tug, yeah. I um, <laughs> I used to work in, as I've mentioned several times, uh, used to work in HMV. And yep. uh, there was a very small selection of adult films on sale in HMV. Um, but they really? were positioned in the most indiscreet part of the, um, the DVD range, uh, directly in front of the till. So if you wanted to buy some oh. porn on DVD, you would be very visible to me and all of my colleagues. Spontaneous porn, like oh, just not like no, not like, like not like <laughs> no, not like with the with the Wrigleys, not in like the, in the, the batteries. No, yeah, it's sort of fine. in front of there was well, a, with, the, a, with the batteries, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, but there was it was just on display, sort of a meter in front of. I uh, see. So you couldn't really browse without being watched. Is oh, what if you were browsing the pawns. You were you were well well in, well obvious. Well, that's what Monica and Richard are talking about here, isn't it? They're like they're looking at that guy going. As soon as we move, he's going to go to the porn, as if he's sort of just waiting for the shop to be empty and no one's bright. It's a, there's a lot going on there, isn't there? Do you know? I do think that's a really nice glimpse at why Monica and Ra- uh, Monica and Rachel a really nice glimpse at why Rachel. Oh fuck's sake. <laughs> a really nice now, one, one mistake you edit out two mistakes you have to leave in because uh, okay. it's more fun should I try again <laughs> yeah third time I, go on third time's a charm I do think that that's a really nice glimpse at why Monica and Richard yes. nailed are, it nailed it first good, time <laughs> are a really good pair because that kind of level of um, of being on the same wavelength with someone where you can make daft little jokes about things and just be on each other's just be on the same page about like all these like make your own little in jokes and private jokes off the cuff it is a nice little sign of them clearly being a good match which is the entire point of this they've got some some significant things that they can't get over together but they are clearly well suited yeah there's no point at which you think they either of them broke up because they wanted to you know it's it's actually quite heartbreaking like i feel much more uh, moved by that sort of plot line now in my mid-30s than i would have done when i was like 16 do you know what i mean like, it's a bit sliding doors, isn't it? Of like, if circumstances were ever so slightly mm. different, then hey, she may actually end up with him forever and ever. Although it does feel very odd to see him without a moustache. So weird. And his suit is really bad in the video store as well. That whole, when he does his little, I can help with that, as sort of as suave as it is, because he's very suave, Tom Selleck, isn't he? But he's a mm. bad suit. He's got no moustache. It looks really weird. It was He shaved it off for a different film, by, by all accounts. I believe the film was called in and out. I did think it's so unusual to see Tom Selleck without a moustache that there must have been a particular reason for it, because otherwise he totally would have had it, wouldn't he? Yeah, for sure. It does lead to one of my favourite lines, though, when they're having that very serious conversation at the end, and, you know, they're sort of going, this was fun, but nothing's changed, and Monica goes, yes, you don't you don't have a moustache. Yeah. And they must have just added that in once it had become apparent that Tom Selleck had turned up without a moustache, frankly. 
Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a huge difference because well, he doesn't actually give a reason, does he? It's just a jokey answer. There's not like a reason he shaved it off. Like that's such a big part of your identity as Richard. That's a big old uh, personal brand, isn't it? Personal brand, Pete. Actually, talking of getting rid of facial hair, do you know what I had? Did I tell you what I had done this week? Did you get rid of your facial hair? No, no, I had my eyebrows threaded. Did you? Yeah, I did. And how yeah, did that go? It. Always a bit of a risk. If it's the first time you've done them, first time no, anyone not... tried to apply a bit of shape to your eyebrows, yeah. that can go wrong quite dramatically. It's not the first time. Just ask time. Joey. Yeah, I know. Well, honestly, I had that that image in my head all the way through. It's not the first time it's, it's happened, and I was very specific about not wanting it to be, like, really shaped and, and you know, dramatically changed. I just had a few. I just had too many strays, you know, when you just go, I can't deal with these anymore on my own. Fair. Um, so yeah, but I did have absolutely the, the whole Joey thing in my head. I mean, it did make me think. I can't remember if we've done this episode or not. It did make me think what a bizarrely bold decision by that um, practitioner to make Joey's eyebrows so different. Anyway, so back to Monica and Richard. Actually, back before we move away from the video store, where we spent a lot of the start of this podcast. But you mentioned the guy at the counter, who's an absolute dick. He appears in. Four other episodes. Does he? Yes. He is in five episodes of Friends. I can't remember any of the total. circumstances where they're even in the video store. Well, no, they're or not. Is he he not? plays different people. He plays oh. different people. He's in, he's in the coffee house in the one where old Yeller dies. Right. He is one of the wedding guests at Barry and Mindy's wedding. He's singing Copacabana. <laughs> he? he is, is the he? man who wins the trip for trip to Paris for two at the silent auction. You know, when Phoebe goes over and goes, oh, I'm going to yeah. introduce myself to him. That's him. And uh, in the same series as this, series three, he's one of the students in Joey's soap opera acting class. Good um, friend's insight, that, Dave. Isn't it just mad, though, that like they could get anyone they want and they've just been like, we'll get that same guy to play all these different roles. And I don't know, maybe yeah, he's supposed to be... Maybe he's supposed to be a same character, you know, that could be plausible. He's in the coffee house. Absolutely. You work in a video store. You could be in the coffee house. You could be at a wedding. You could, having taken a soap opera acting class, Pete, become uh, an incredibly successful actor uh, that's able to afford a trip to Paris for two in a silent auction. Maybe it's the same guy. You know, on, uh, when Monica and Richard are having sort of, uh, they're rekindling whether they admit it or not. Yeah. Um, there's that bit where they're preparing. The, is it a lasagna? Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Tomato, the and they, big bowl of tomatoes. Sort of, yeah. The squashing of the tomatoes is made out as if it's really intimate. It's like it's mm. you're squashing tomatoes, guys. It's not like the pottery wheel scene in Ghost, is it? No. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not quite. It's not quite that steamy. It's also implausible why they would both squash the tomatoes in that quite small bowl. Agreed, yeah. Like, one of them could squash the tomatoes. Probably Monica, the professional chef. As Richard says, this is weird. I don't tend to squash things, you know, most of the time. (laughs) It it feels odd. And it doesn't feel odd, I guess, in the sense that she's trying to maybe subconsciously forge some sort of intimate moment. But I just don't think that is tomato squishing. I just don't think it does it. It's just that they both sort of stop and look at each other intensely. And I think Richard says something like, our hands are touching. It's like... You, you, what are you going to do? Like instantly have sex while you're covered in tomatoes? That's well, not, exactly. That's not, it's not going to happen, is it? Well, and Monica's clean instincts kick in when they get a bit of tomato juice on the shirt. I mean, 
How's the state of your bedding if you were covered in tomatoes and then went to bed? Awful. Absolutely dreadful. I mean, if you got tomato juice on your shirt in a situation where you were basically subconsciously trying to forge a sexy moment, don't get the club soda and clean it off. Take your shirt off, Richard. Pop it in the wash. Oh, my God. He's naked. Oh, look at him. Oh, blah, blah, blah. He's got some on his pants. Take your pants off. I mean, I don't think that's very sort of mainstream sitcom, the full scene of the striptease because of the tomato juice. But... Don't just sort of clean it off and be done with it. So, of course, they have sex, because of course they do. And then Richard buys loads of roses and petals and waits in a tux. I mean, sure. And then Monica tries to do the same thing. There's a lot There's a lot going on here, isn't there? He's sat. Why is he sat? He's sat very awkwardly on the bed, though. Like, he's How long has he been waiting there? some pillows. It's like he's a puppet. Yes, it is. It really is. I just feel like that'd be very uncomfortable to sit for too long. And he must have been there for quite a while to prepare the bed. And he would have known exactly when Monica was going to get home. Well, and also, Rachel's sat in the living room, presumably about to hear Monica and Richard banging. Yeah, she seems absolutely fine with it, doesn't she? She seems fine with the fact that Tom Selleck's turned up in a tux with loads of roses, when, frankly, they're barely seeing each other. They've just had sex once after meeting up again, you know? That's quite a grand romantic gesture. And I do feel there's an element of this in which Richard should not be encouraging this, because Monica was so heartbroken when he said he didn't want kids. Like, do you know what I mean? He's he's the older he's he's the older, more experienced. I just feel like he's he's toying with her a bit with this huge, grand, romantic gesture. But then I tell you what, I tell you what, the absolute most bizarre moment of this whole episode is is the incredibly horny woman Richard goes on a date with, who is desperate to get laid. She is gagging for it, isn't she? She's sort of, oh, you've not shown me the bedroom yet, and oh, the door's still closed, and oh. Well, it's sort of implied I... that she already has pushed her way into the apartment, you know, to, like, Richard's like, it's just a normal apartment, I don't know why he wanted to see it. I mean, he's not taking the hints too much, is he? And then it's like, oh, I'm still on this side of the door, can I see the bedroom? Can I, can I? Pants off, you know, it's all of that. She's like, only a second away from getting tomato juice and squirting on her shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The way to Richard's heart. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's quite sweet, this whole bit. But then they have the chat and, you know, they obviously decide they have to walk away because the same reasons. But not before a final bonk, eh, Pete? Well, exactly. One more before they part ways. One bonk more. Uh, And that's the sends that plot line. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Does we move on to Joey and Little Women? Yes. Um, Joey loving The Shining, which is quite a long, intense book, feels quite unlikely for someone who, by their own admission, is not particularly sort of... I, I feel like he probably wouldn't have the attention span for any long book. No, I know exactly what you mean. It feels like if he had, a, if he was going to read a book over and over again, it would be a short, frankly, one that was more aimed at kids, you know? Like I could imagine Joey reading Harry Potter over and over again, the first Harry Potter or something like that, you know? But not The Shining. It feels a bit, a bit grown up, doesn't it? And particularly to have the sort of book club-esque sensitivity to emotionally respond to things in the books. He's quite, he's really invested. Yeah, it's a whole strange plot line when you think about it, then just sort of exchanging cultural recommendations. I quite I quite like it. It's just a bit odd, especially that combination of Joey and Rachel. I mean, they definitely just have to find something for them to do while the others were doing all the other plots. But I, I it's it's a strange situation to find them in. And like you say, Joey reading a book of that length and that intensity over and over again. Although I can't help but feel he's probably watched the film and sort of skimming the book as he goes, maybe? I don't know. Because even when he's doing the spoilers, all blank and no blank makes blank and blank blank. That's not even in the book. That's just the film. So I Yeah, well, Ross makes that joke, doesn't he, about, um, oh, you're trying to ruin the only book Joey's ever read that stars Jack Nicholson. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, but it is very wholesome when the moment when Rachel says, Beth dies. Yeah. I really like Joey's reaction to that. It's so nice. It is so wholesome. And, you know, the whole ending of this where Beth gets sick, or do you want to put the book in the freezer? Um, it's, it's, it's just a nice little fun plot, isn't it? I, I like it a lot, even though it's a bit odd. And the whole yeah. scene with Joey getting confused about who Joe is and who Laurie is and all of that. It's, um, yeah, it's just a nice, a nice gentle romp through some literary works, isn't it, Peter? Oh, that's a lovely way of putting it, Dave. Well, you know. Although, when Rachel comes in to get some ice and finds the book in the freezer, right? She mm-hmm. takes out the ice tray, doesn't empty it in any way, and then just fills it back up with water and put it in the freezer. So, did she get ice? There was no ice in the blender? There was no, there was no f- exchange of ice at all? Maybe she just held her drink against the ice-cold copy of The Shining to cool it down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe she's just being nice and refilling the ice tray because they've got no ice, but it was just a whole strange little ice interaction. What a strange way of her finding a book. Have you got any ice? Yeah, a book's in the freezer. Favourite line probably of this plot line is Chandler's, I can't believe she cracked your code <laughs> when yes. Joey does the, uh, at the end when he shoots him with a blank and blah, 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 you know, ru- completely ruins the end of, of the story. In this as well, Rachel's having a blast at work. There's, there's just seeding, I think, things to come. But Ross is being 
Extremely supportive, even though. Yeah, I feared because I couldn't completely remember sort of Ross's involvement in this. I was like, oh no, is this going to be one of those ones where Ross is really jealous and quite unpleasant to watch? Yes, exactly. And it wasn't, was he? I mean, he was a little bit erring on that at the start when he's like, you have to work late again, but. Yeah, but what wins him over? The promise of a BJP. He's absolutely happy to be supportive of his girlfriend's career. Yeah. So, um, yes, you know, you can't say he's not a man that has principles. He is intensely jealous and awful, unless... I don't need to finish the sentence, do I? No, that's it. That's just it. So before we do the final plot, which is so much to talk about, as we already discussed, weirdly, this episode is called The One Where Richard and Monica Are Friends. But only in the UK... And now on Netflix, it's called The One Where Monica and Richard Are Just Friends. Yeah, I did notice the difference when I was trying to look for a little image from it for uh, the old Instagrams. What's that all about? (laughs) Yeah, that feels like a sort of, at one point, somebody's typed it like that and then it's just stuck. Stuck, yeah. It doesn't change the meaning at all. There's no subtle, like, English, American English, you know, that sometimes the language means and implies different things. Like the one with the fanny pack, two different meanings to uh to bring us back to the bums but like friends and just friends same same right anyway there you go just thought i'd flag that up in case anyone else was confused uh so right robert robert's scrotum let's talk about robert's scrotum shall we <laughs> um well he has like very long billowing shorts on yeah so if he's as it's described showing brain mm. He must have bollocks the size of melons. The one that really gets me is when he comes in to pick up his keys and at the yes, end. Yes, he, he and bends Rachel's over. There. He bends over forwards. Bends over forwards. In Rachel's behind shorts. him. And she reacts as if she's seen his bollocks. Like, how? Yeah. They must be... Dreamers. I, I, I do not know how that's possible. No, I, I honestly, that is... The, and, and a couple of other moments. Like when Joey says, can you pass me the cookies? And the cookies are on the table and he's sitting down. Who puts their leg on a table to reach yeah. forward? That's that's making it infinitely harder to reach a plate of cookies, right? You have to like double double over forward, don't you? He's he's. It's almost as if he's sort of knowingly showcasing his massive balls. Well, yeah, for a man who doesn't wear underwear, he sure does put his foot up on a lot of things. <laughs> like he really, yes. he really has made a uh, sort of a life decision that that's what his thing is going to be, just putting his foot up everywhere. And how long it takes him to find a quarter in the sock, I just think that's not an efficient way of carrying a quarter around if it takes you that long. I mean, it took him 20 or 30 seconds. It's as if he's rooting around in his sock for that coin for long enough to ensure that they definitely see his balls. Yes, exactly. Exactly that. I think he's proud of his massive balls. Well, not even massive because they, they're not sort of visible when he stands up through the shorts. They're just long, aren't they? They're not, they're not bulbous. They're, they must just yeah, be but, droopers. But, but, but when Gunther wonderfully tells him to put the mouse back in the house, yeah. mouse to me implies penis. Yes. No, agree. I'd say the penis is more mousy than a bollock. <laughs> What euphemism would you describe? But it's all, it's, it's definitely all ball based because he does the nuts gag. There's the don't get testy. There's all they're doing testicle puns all the way through, aren't they? You know. But you're right. The mouse is the mouse is definitely a penis. I don't know why. Uh, I never thought I'd say that sentence. 
but the mouse is definitely a penis. A penis is... <laughs> a penis is inherently quite mouse-like. Flaccid. I, I'm going to let you carry on that thought, because I've got nothing to add, but you've clearly uh, got a train of thought. Uh, oh, you, you greatly, greatly overestimate how much I've thought this through. <laughs> um, I would say... Uh, because a flaccid penis is quite sort of dormant. Yes. And like a dormouse. Like a dormouse, a dormant mouse. A penis is a dormant mouse. <laughs> and oh do I why stop talking. Oh, yeah, I think it's important, but I can't talk because I'm laughing. Oh god. A penis is like a dormant mouse. Anyway, look. I think it's important, important that we don't talk too much about it, although this entire plot is very genitalia-based. can't talk it? about this plot without talking about balls. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. What I like to talk about is uh, the first scene that we meet Robert in, where he comes in and meets Chandler and Ross, right? And then there's a comment about, oh, it's cold for shorts. He says, I'm from California. And then Chandler just says that weird burst into flame line, and Robert just turns away. He doesn't say anything. And there's a weird silence when yeah. Chandler notices his balls. Like, as a viewer, it kind of is okay because we're watching Chandler watch Robert's scrotum, as it were. But if you were but actually socially, there, it was such yeah. a weird interaction. It's like, oh, yeah, you always burst into flame. And he just turns around and talks to Phoebe and Chandler stares at his crotch. What a weird yeah. interaction for the first time. And then Robert's pretty sassy when Ross comes back to do the least subtle looking down the shorts I've ever seen of anyone. Uh, but he's like, a coffee and a coffee. And Robert's like, we could write it down for you. It's like, all right, smart ass. You just met him, chill out, put your balls away and stop being a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that bit where Ross is trying to look up his shorts is just, I mean, there's no, there's no way he's doing anything else there, you know? There's no covering up what that is. He tries to sort of double over laughing. But it's just... Yeah, but it's it's sort of so farcical that it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I just think out of the six or seven moments where someone has supposedly seen genitalia, the viewing angles are wrong, and it just wouldn't work, you know? Yeah. The only one that's really specific is when it, it's the coin, the quarter out of the sock. That one I get. Like, that's perfect viewing angles. Head height, horizontal... You know, perpendicular knee on sofa, ball would be visible. But the rest of them, I just feel like it's playing fast and loose with the with the angles of, of well, realism. fast and loose, loose like his shorts. Absolutely. I mean, this whole storyline is just Phoebe's new boyfriend doesn't wear boxer shorts, and I'm really here for that. It's great. What I don't understand, and we'll probably leave it there after this, because I'm afraid of talking about this for all day. What I don't understand is why Phoebe can't just talk to him about it. It's really not that bad a thing, is it? If, I, if that was me, and for some reason... He's obviously made an active choice not to wear boxes, which I would say, Pete. Oh, no. What? Where are you going with this? No, considering the context in which they met and how they spend most of their time, aka active, no underwear is a bold move for, for example, playing basketball. There's a lot of movement potential there, right? Like The the one time underwear is important is in sports, I'd say. I think that's fair. There's a lot of bashing around otherwise, and that's not comfortable for anyone. Anyway, he's made an active decision not to wear underwear. I just feel like Phoebe could be like, what's the deal with your underwear thing? And he'd either be like, well, it's for this reason, or, oh, yeah, no, I didn't realise it was hanging out. I'll put some boxes on. The end. Like, that's all that had to happen. He knows. He knows. Of course he fucking knows. Of course he knows. I just don't understand why Phoebe's so coy about saying it, you know? Yeah, true. 
Anyway, so there you go. The only other thing about this plotline I'd like to flag is Chandler and his chocolate milk. I feel absolutely seen. Ross, oh, no thanks. I'm 29. Fuck off, mate. Everyone likes chocolate milk. I'm 36. I absolutely love it. Actually, <laughs> do you know what I discovered recently? At the age of 36. Go on. Chocolate squirty cream. Choc- what? It comes flavoured in the can? In M&S, mate. We'll get you next time you get in your... Oh, would be M&S. Your no. Diet Florida Orange. Pick up a can. I, you will not regret this. It's basically the exact taste and consistency of a chocolate mousse, but it's in a squirty can, and it is like crack. It's astonishing. I don't want to paint a unsexy picture of myself, because, you know, as you know, we spend a lot of time trying to paint very sexy images of ourselves. But, oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's our thing, isn't it, on this podcast? But yeah, I, yeah. I do... Just eat the chocolate squirty cream from the can fairly, fairly regularly now. Some people find the idea of that sexy, Dave. Do they? Yeah, maybe. I would like to meet them. Make sure you're wearing pants. (laughs) I got a quarter in my sock and I'm going to get it out slowly. (laughs) Hey, we forgot this last week, Pete. What, to tell people what the next episode is? An uproar. An uproar. Bizarre that I forgot that, because it's such a fundamental part of how we say bye. It's so weird that neither of us thought to do it. Yeah. Odd. We're sorry about that. Anyway, let's Uh, make it... Do you want to know what next week's episode is? Yeah, and I'd like to make up for last week by saying the episode twice this time. Okay. um, It's season five. Season five. I'm going to repeat it to make up. Episode 15. Do I still have to say it twice? No, I'm doing it for you. It's fine to play. Um, the one, the one with, with the girl. The girl oh, hang on, let who, me guess. Who? Oh, hits Joey. Hits Joey. Yeah. I was going to say from Poughkeepsie until you said who. So yeah, one with the girl who hits Joey. Katie. Um, follow us on Instagram, FWF Pods. And Peter, good luck with your house move this time next week. I believe we'll be talking to you from Birmingham. Yes. Um. The second city. Yes, you will. Hmm. Yes, it is technically the second city, isn't it? But as a Manchester man, I feel aggrieved by that. Oh, let's not go there. No, let's not go there. Well, Liverpool's really doing the business at the moment, isn't it, with Eurovision? It is. It's true. Yeah, it's having its moment. Anyway, it's good to trail off an episode talking about which is the second best city in the UK, isn't it? Just just end it. Bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.